Washington, D.C., this is On the Ground. On today's show, we spend the hour with poetry for Puerto Rico. Why do we find our history out so late? At points of ruins, these capitalist vultures are plotting to transform La Perla into Puerto Rico, capital for non-stop despacito. Every cobblestone is for sale. I saw my papi go down on the ground, tackled and shackled, Hands cuffed behind his back. I could not see Poppy's face. The cop with his knee on Poppy's back smashed it into the pavement as he grabbed a fistful of Poppy's hair. All I could see were Poppy's jeans and his construction boots. To not speak of trees now, when even the trees have spoken, is the deadliest of silences. All that and more is coming up. Welcome to On the Ground, onthegroundshow.org, Voices of Resistance from the nation's capital. I'm Esther Averam. On this show, writers speak out at the Poets for Puerto Rico fundraiser held at the American Poetry Museum in Northeast D.C. on September 22, 2018, one year after Hurricane Maria devastated Puerto Rico, killing 3,000 to 8,000 people as the island languished in neglect from the U.S. federal government. The outdoor gathering organized by writer Tatiana Figueroa Ramirez was one of several programs held by writers around the country to raise funds for grassroots organizations on the island. Our presentation begins with an introduction by Ramirez and then the poet Sevi Torres. Everybody, please give a warm welcome to our artist. How you guys doing? After the huracan, I spend nights building walls to trap thoughts like prisoners whose clanging can be heard against every idea that slips past the politician's lips like lighter fluid. Every day I wake to a spark so close I can taste sulfur on my tongue. I have piled my plate so high that I am always full. There is nothing courageous about looking away. And yet, through weeks of waiting for phone calls, I hid my eyes in student papers and poetry. To be honest, I feel so far removed from La Isla. Anger careens into the tension in my neck every time my eyes dance on Trump's words. Bomba y plena until bloodshot visions sink the next distraction into my heart turned shoulders. The world is too big for all this silence we carry. In words, there is regret for all of my avoidance. The myth of my father shrank me into a sharp knife, unfurling at the flick of a switch and closing quick. When I was a boy, he made me look words up. Multiple syllables freeing themselves of confusion. My mind learning how to be supple. My body learning how to tighten around my stomach in fear. In time, I could project any energy I wanted from my core. And so I pushed while I pulled and ended up lonely. 
practice these days means showing up with bruises, flinching through pain, offering up the weak side. There is no blame in running, but eventually cornered the thousands, the farmers, the independistas, the hungry, the capitalists who don't bother to chew before they swallow, the doctors, the sick, the glowing bioluminescence, the uprooted trees, the decimated houses, the hum of the generator, the clothes drying in hot, humid air, the ancestors, the energy, the sound of bone hardening, the ovens firing, the smell of pan de mantequilla and Mallorca carrying me back to San Juan in the thick heat of a December afternoon, the walk through El Morro, the need to stop telling the story in English, the waterfall running over rocks in El Yunque, the need to switch to Spanish, the history beyond words. Dignidad. When I hear Ricardo say opportunity, my eyes narrow and shoulders tighten like someone who holds heavy objects all day. When Roseo says austerity, there is a sigh that is too big to lift itself up out of my stomach and the weight a no can carry when it leaves your lips. I have let small pieces of news drift into my body, have begun to interrogate the silence. What would my grandfather think if he were alive today? When his food truck rolled off the ship on the island in the 80s, it carried a dream of the final hustle. The putting together of immigrant pieces in a past shredded under the weight of opportunity. He passed away before he could make it back to the country of his birth. I think he would marvel at the way the island was level, but he would be more than at home with the devastation. With the digging in the ground, a hibaro carrying the weight of a thousand deals in his arms, his body sore from the back to knees, wrapping against years of carpentry and shaping aluminum in Aurora. The hum of the hurt cascading across his rib cage and into his eyes. Papi wasn't a man to hug his children or to say te quiero, and he damn sure wouldn't have asked que es esta mierda. He would have known the smell, would have accepted it as the way things have always been, would have found an opportunity to reattach his pride to his hands after it had been rested out in the wake of the hurricane. Would have counted the millions of prayer beads around his neck, wrapping his knuckles against the nail to hammer it into the wall. These are all speculations. He might have been one of the thousands who didn't make it if the mainland hadn't taken him first. There is so much distance between the diaspora that is me and the homeland I have breathed into my lungs, the earth I have felt beneath my nails to the plant, oh, to plant the photo my father asked me to bury in Ponce soil. There is a quiet where there shouldn't be. There is an opportunity for Ricardo, for the crypto capitalists, for the president, for the undemocratic control board, for the tax fleeing capitalists, for the hipster, for the man bun, the vulture, the compassionate tourists, for the news, for the lies, for the liars. But for me, so far away, my forearm blocking fist thrown at my face, bruised by the chain punches and me finally understanding why my abuelo told his children about resources in the neighborhood. Here's where you get the oil changed. Akias where you buy food for the party. This man owes me and he will take care of you. These are the things that keep you alive after a hurricane. Things that keep you alive after the opportunity happens. Things that you can count on when everyone else turns their back. When your house simmers in rising floodwaters and you sit by as the clothes are being washed in the bucket and you scrub and you scrub and you scrub and you look up long enough to feel the calm, long enough to sing, to sip a Madaya or a Heineken, to mend a torn shirt before the winds return and the lights flicker. Buenas noches. 
I know I only have five minutes, so I quickly want to thank Tatiana and everybody else organizing this from the I recently moved here from the island. I was there for Hurricane Maria, and I also want to say, pal carajo la junta, pal carajo el colonialismo, y que viva Puerto Rico libre. This first poem, thank you, is entitled, If a Tree Falls in an Island, the Metaphysics of Colonialism. And the epigraph reads, ah, what an age it is when to speak of trees is almost a crime, for it is a kind of silence about injustice after Bertolt Brecht. But even the trees spoke, snapping like dry bones under the weighty foot of weather, sparking and slung over power lines, last attempt at sustained flight, sputtering sap and blood, branches a thousand arms reaching, routed, rotting, bark marbled fungus and termite. Consider the fright of a flamboyant. Skirts upturned, robbed of red, roots ripped from the earth's scalp. Consider the cry of a carambola, struck down, stripped bare, starfruit putrid sweet of the ground, lost aspiring body of the cosmos. Consider the plight of a plantain, self-suffocated, wrapped in its own leaf, hijos dying inside, sprouting back like jagged teeth, twisting arthritic fingers, both growing and graves to not speak of trees now when even the trees have spoken is the deadliest of silences for when a tree falls in an island and the world is around to hear it the island drowns for a tree is no longer a tree and semantics like leaves change it is memory burnt into body seven months piled up on a sidewalk blocking the street at your doorstep wood and abandonment it is death at its slowest an unblinking mirror steadfast rustle of gutting truth that if a people fall in an island and the world is around to hear it we make a sound but only the ocean responds with a swallow thank you I will now have a master accompany me with some music. This following poem is entitled, A Hurricane Has Come and Gone, What Do We Tell Our Children Now? Tell them about the waters, the ones they wait in, taste on their lips. Tell them not to fear the waves that birthed and baptized them. Drowning is of no concern as long as the island stays afloat. That heat grows like a fetus and come June, another swell will miscarry into the wind. Tell them of Guaban Six, a goddess whose fury destroys everything huracan the storm she spawns the word hurricane a bastardized translation drifts from one mouth to another tell them hurricane lies arid and unmoving on the tongue 
in bite-sized headlines, quick, conscientious exchanges on the way to work. Hurricane sounds like hurry cane and sugar boils in the bile and rises like blood in the throat tell them not to speak this word say huracan let it lash your mouth open shriek it like a prayer sing it like a song our bodies are the potholed roads of chaos sweat tendrils down our spine it is the way we dance the wine in our walk the way our bellies spiral into hunger how we coil and curl thrust forward in love making how we breathe up storms how we're alive amen we're alive amen we're alive amen we're alive amen a hurricane has come and gone. Time has passed, my children, and we're alive. Hello. I just want to say that there are two Puerto Ricos. One that got hit last year with the hurricane, right? And the second one is the South Bronx, where I'm from. <laughs> and this is from a book called We Rise, We Resist, We Raise Our Voices. And it's a piece called One Day Papi Drove Me to School. It's illustrated by Idel Rodriguez. One. One day, Papi drove me to school like he always does. Talking about my homework science, history, and math. He made a funny face when I told him all I had to add. Lots of kids were in front of the building and others were being dropped off. I turned to Poppy to ask him, will you pick me up after school? And before I knew it, four cops came running toward him. I heard a commotion, looked to my right and screamed, Poppy, Poppy! I saw my papi go down on the ground, tackled and shackled, hands cuffed behind his back. I could not see papi's face. The cop with his knee on papi's back smashed it into the pavement as he grabbed a fistful of papi's hair. All I could see were papi's jeans and his construction boots. I screamed. The world started to sweep from beneath my feet and buildings started to tumble and I nearly had an asthma attack from the constant screams. One cop, a woman with the word ice on her back, pulled me by my waist as I flailed and kicked in desperation. Students, parents, and some teachers crowded around as the officers held me to the ground while my puppy was pushed into a police van. La migra, la migra, someone yelled. Others laughed with their fat fish faces, taunting me with alien and illegal and get out and go back to your country. I shouted, this is my country, you stupid doofus heads. Before I knew it, a crowd of white kids surrounded me, but other kids, black and brown and some white, came to my rescue. 
Somehow though, I was the one who was taken to the principal's office too. Now the school was split in half. A crazy group of kids wore Make America Great Again hats just to taunt us. But others, black, brown, and white kids, were down with us and not racism. In all my nine years on the planet, I never had a fight. But a handful of kids wanted to start trouble. One day, they scrunched up their faces and balled up their fists. We stepped forward in unison. We took off our jackets and our sweaters and dropped them to the ground. Then we stuck out our chests real proud so they could see our t-shirts that read, I am not an alien. I am not illegal. Why don't you go to, back to your country is not my favorite song. Get out is not my name. No more borders, no more walls. Three. The bullies backed down that day and moved on to their classrooms. The next day, the Make America Great Again hats had disappeared. Instead, some kids asked, where can I get the cool t-shirts? We didn't get any more glares or stares. One of the boys who bullied me even came up to me and said, my mom's a lawyer, she can help your dad. And as we walked to our class, he turned to me, guess what? I said, what? I'm just like you. I gave him the side eye and answered back, a girl? He laughed and I laughed. And then he said, my father's from Croatia. Four. That would make the perfect ending for a movie. But this is real life. And they took my papi away. And once again, the world was swept from under my feet and mommy's. She has to find a new job to help take care of us and help get Poppy back. One day, my Poppy drove me to school, a day I'll never forget. I get sad and scared when I think about where Poppy is. I keep his photo in the gold locket he gave me last Christmas. I keep it pressed and tight and close to my heart. This last piece is a poem that I wrote after I went to Tato Laviera's funeral. Tato Laviera was one of the great New Yorkian poets. And his funeral was incredible. It was like a jazz and salsa extravaganza thrown in with some little tantaria. So, <laughs> and it was in mid-Manhattan and it was at this, you know, kind of like this stiff formal church, but it was incredible. So I wrote this poem, it's called Dame un traguito para Tato Laviera. It is clear to see that Jesus was a conguero beating back bongo skins so his palms bled, bloodshot, raw shot red. No need to put an accent over the E to know who he be. Claro que si. Pam, 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 pam. That he sang backup boogaloo for Obatala. Swore by the hypnotic effects of a bolero caught in the throat of a rising sun, suddenly sinking. A Tecatos Jones coming down on 110th Street and Lexington Avenue in the crusty eyelash of El Barrio. 
that he multiplied wine by sending his little cousin Pipo to cop a few bottles from Pepo's bodega where he kept a muscatel stash just beneath the alabaster statuette of San Lazaro. And Bustelo can't earn of Doña Chicha's ashes atop the register with the taped faded Polaroids of his pregnant tia and Ponce and his songless tío with the afro the size of Saturn in Sing Sing inked up from head to toe. It's plain to see that Jesus spoke in 4-4 time at Wanwanko. That he tapped his dusty, rusty, patent leather zapatos to a rhythm only the children of Africans and Indians understand. Bailando con Yemaya, buscando la claridad, singing, El agua limpia toro. Oh, was he born in a manger or Morrisania Hospital? The critics will ask their silly questions like social workers, dumb to the reality of the times. But Jesus will pay them no mind, nor will he adhere to the census takers, giving a side eye to tax collectors. The only numbers he cares about comes out in New York or Brooklyn. So he could buy his baby a new pair of shoes. So he could walk on water, drive puddles of old wine opens, or tap his toes, trying to mimic the sound of dominoes, click, or ring fingers slapping against the stiff neck of beer bottle to once sun-baked viejitos in Guayabera shirts in Panama hats shouting, Manteca! Con cerveza breath working his arms and legs into a sweat-drenched rum stench rumba furious frenzy as if despojando saying to no one and everyone in particular what he begins to hear reverberating break dancing bomba planting plena in his inner ear Fíjate! You just heard the voice of poet Tony Medina, and before that, Anna Portnoy Brimmer and Seme Torres at the Poetry for Puerto Rico event held in Washington, D.C. This is On the Ground, onthegroundshow.org. Now I'm back to more Poetry for Puerto Rico, starting with Evelyn Mejil. Now, before I, I read something, I just wanted to take a minute or just like, you know, a quick second. I was just one more person filled with, with sadness from the devastation of the island and six people from my family passed away during Hurricane Maria and I wrote this small poem that I'm going to share with you guys and it's called Ave Maria. Ave Maria soy borinquen, preciosa me llaman porque soy un encanto, pero Ave Maria cuánto te rogué. Igual quisiste robar mi canto, apagaste mi luz ante el mundo, pero aún negra como raíces de mi madre africana, perla soy y realeza soy. Aún te quedan dudas, devoraste el verde de mis montañas, pero las llevo en mis extrañas. Ave María, no te confunda. Soy hija de la gran España, esmeralda heredé y sembraré otra vez. Inundaste mis tierras, pero no contaste con mi ausencia. Ella nació de mi ser, mañana pariré otra vez. 
Ave María, no tomaste en cuenta tu huracán del mar, pero yo, taína de mi tierra, tú pasarás, pero en mi fortaleza volverá a descansar las olas del mar y la luz de mi amado a mí volverá a brillar Ave María porque Borinquen soy hija del encanto hija del mar y del sol sus hijos rebataste con furor desde el pecho de África con fulgor desde las aldeas de España con fuerza de las raíces del taíno pero bendecida y amada así que por mis padres y por mis abuelos, por mis hermanos y por nuestras raíces, por ti, Borinquen, raza de mis colores, hoy te levantamos, Puerto Rico, vamos a la marcha, porque Puerto Rico se levanta. Yeah. I have a book that's coming out soon and it's called The Woman in the Mirror. And I wasn't sure if I was going to share this, but this weekend, this president that, you know, we have reminded me that maybe I should. He decided a year ago that, you know, he was going to forget about us, right? And all this injustice that our, our, our people suffered was really paid with the lives of our, of our loved ones. And this weekend, he reminds us of who he truly is. Again, telling women who have been victimized of when and how we should tell our stories. And so I'm just gonna read a little bit of what's in my book because nobody's gonna tell me when I should share my story. Yeah. I once stood before a woman who was on the verge of ending her life. I stared into her eyes and I watched as she drowned herself in tears of pain, tears of shame and hurt. She looked directly into my eyes and I felt the weight of her helplessness and confusion. She cried out in desperation, asking for an explanation why her life had been filled with so much anguish. She thought about the nightmares that were her constant nocturnal companions, those that didn't allow her to forget. She remembered waking up in sweaty sheets, feeling the cold, gripping fingers of the memories that violated her again and again. The cold tentacles of terror that came over her each time she relived the agony of being dishonored. Every disgusting touch and every brutal strike. Although she held up her hands to cover her ears, she could still hear every dreadful word ever spoken to her the voices echoing into the emptiness of her hollow heart. Regardless of how many tears she shed, they couldn't wash away the suffering of her soul. The weight of abuse became unbearable and too much for her to carry alone. The woman I saw was me peering into a woman. Good evening, people. As a kid, when I misbehaved, my mother told stories of monsters who lived in the dark or under my bed to scare me. She told me that they would creep out of the closet to frighten naughty children into good behavior. Scared to death, the measures I took trying not to disturb the dark included, leaving the lights on to ensure a good night's sleep. My feet tucked in the bed securely. 
My head buried under covers while laying in fetal position, I convinced myself that following these procedures would prevent the monsters from finding me. But what if I told you I still believe in monsters? That the very thought makes me a punk, a coward, a scared little child that jumps at any shadow, any bump in the night. I nearly soil my pants when I feel someone walk up on me. I exercise my right to fare well. And they like it. Monsters in uniform that prey on my panic-induced adrenaline rush. Creatures of the night dressed in blue, ready to Miranda rights my soul. Looking at me with flashlights making me a suspect. Hearing the feedback from dispatch making me a match. A routine traffic stop or a final destination, I know this monster well. Hand me your license and registration. Place your hands on the steering wheel. I'ma need you to step from out of your car. Hand on holster and a drawn revolver. Being pulled over by the police is a scary story told too often. They like to yell boo with their guns. Mommy, I don't wanna go outside today. Hands over eyes trying to make the monster go away. Officer, I promise you I didn't mean to misbehave. I didn't mean to drive wild black today. I didn't mean for my skin to be the darkness that attracts you, but surely you wouldn't be here if you saw the light. If my skin were white, but yet my hands and feet are tucked in the handcuffs securely and you're still the architect of my fetal position. Might as well walk in woods when going home at night. There are creatures with tasers for tongues who stalk the streets. Their howling sounds like freeze. Put your hands up over your head and in every encounter they let me know they're here to serve and protect white privilege. It's a full moon and lichens, they like to travel in packs. And they be liking the way I resist the rest when I'm laying face down on the ground. They be liking the way I talk back when I say I can't breathe. They be liking the extra beat in my heart when I hear them growling and kicking and beating my Africa under rainbows. They be liking when I'm not moving. Dark meat has always been their easiest prey. The police have been haunting my people for years, turning black lives into ghost stories, keeping my people from misbehaving. They know their hate crimes will go televised and labeled a closed case. Because for a police officer, a conviction is a fairy tale. A horror story with a litany of never-ending sequels, and I, C. Thomas, could be the next case. So mom, good job. You've done it. I'm scared. Mi gente. Morales! Como estamos? We good? We good? Oh man. It's good to say that and then get like some response back. Uh, Disfrazado. Exile. New Eurekan sketches post Maria. What's left of my friends keep asking. Do you have anyone back home? Are they alive with those huracans? And explain the push-pull factors that fueled waves of Boricua migration 
resulting in the explosion of an overwrought New Yorkian, Chi-Town, Rican, Orlando Rican, wherever Rican diaspora escapes me in a palatable soundbite to assure them we are surviving. So I say to all three and a half million on the island and eight million plus scattered, somos familia. And I've yet to speak to everyone, but I claim them as pura sangre. So yes, mi tia is still waiting for water, hiking to Espiritu Santo for blessed hydration. So yes, mi tío estaba jodido, dope sick, arrebatado. Yesterday's shot of insulin left a sugar high soon to crash, planteado. So see, mi primo inherited all of our abuelos' anxieties all at once. While we finish today's traquito for tomorrow's tragedies, we continue laughing because we cannot stop this lit Leo filtering tears and salt to quench this thirst. We balance a traumatic past with a joyous now. If you added up all of our ancestors' sacrifice in awe of how much love would last, a heightened pollination, a colony's children relocated, creating steamy Colombos amidst cool concrete. Esther Rodriguez Murió at 93, resting in peace at St. Raymond's Cemetery. Melba Burgos, 95. Babita does not want to be buried back in Rio Grande. ¿Y pa qué? Guzman Abajo is not the same as she knew no longer exists, exists in shreds of whoever will remember her skipping down dirt roads on her way to school. How easily this mind forgets, leaving behind who cannot take the ultimate faith. And Senor, the Lord is with you always. Fiery flesh lays in bed most of sunshine. Right arm hooked on left shoulder, pidiendo perdón for every sin ever done, wanting more than what was promised after gone. Where is there left to run? Right in this offering, as a direct descendant of the New Yorican First Draft Movement, a duty to respond to immediate pain. Everyday bendito for floating bodies, burning bodies, hungry bodies, thirsty bodies, diabetic bodies, schizophrenic bodies, PTSD bodies, depressed bodies, anxious bodies, hip replacement bodies, dialysis bodies, heart attack bodies, tecato bodies, wrinkled jailhouse tattoo bodies, slumped over in casadillo bodies, homeless bodies, donde esta nuestro futuro bodies. Even ant acts tone. Yo son, do you need to be left alone? Perhaps this tragic disaster of heart proportions will rise your egun in time for their own funeral. More doom in front of destiny's arrival. May try to starve our hunger but can never break pride. One, two, Three, four, five, turn. One, two, three, four, five, turn. Dice Albisu in his own jail cell while getting radiated with swollen legs. You must learn the value of each second, a luxury to waste time while every Morales, Rodriguez, Garcias, 
Yasso, Mian died for your petty grief. Our will for independence rises after each albisu and every young lord. Cielo Maravilla, Tonio Bicicleta, Filiberto fue asasonado. And they want us to pledge allegiance to these pendejos. Not one has been my president. Can never erase my native tongue. Intelligence reshaped instruments. Tools of war and safe of vital communication. Declaration, let go of your regrets. Hold on to a dream you haven't envisioned yet. Decolonize your imagination. A furious resistance. Flower can shatter a rock if the petal lands at the appropriate speed. Exile caciques eating room temperature rice and beans. Don't leave out the viejo. Still dancing under his own street strobe light. Baño en el yunque. Keep praying, mama. All that libertad trumpeting from creepy kush bones. Put the signs from the divine. There's greatness ahead of you. Don't get so comfortable. The elders didn't perish for your unsteady. Vamano pa'l monte. Get free. But you better get ready. Meditate on this. How many crates will you dig until you find out that perfect sample spins in your own skin? Let's begin again. Receive the moonlight that begins you another morning. Your death is calling, but mañana wants you more. Don't fuck up your responsibility, keep breathing. Believe in our history. Resurrect the dreams of muertos who baptize blessings. Alive in the tender eyes of our children. Accelerate the pace of Babita's heartbeats. What we got left, unless we manifest Morales. None of these dreams minuscule bad luck. When? We gonna start to forgive us, Borinquen. You need more than this anxious poem could ever provide. Tengo lo mismo nervio como tú. I wanna be held closely and told I love you forever. And I know that hasn't happened as often as we would like. So maybe next time I will search for my blood who are trying to reconnect the lost family tree but can't afford that discounted membership on Ancestry.com. This summer, cried when finally saw Escuela Lola Mian Orellano. Gates were open, but the place been shut down for the past decade. Before Maria left piles of branches through empty classes, three floors of learning, courtyard forest, still had science textbooks and desks, but no copper wire. Why do we find our history out so late at points of ruins? These capitalist vultures are plotting to transform La Perla into Puerto Rico, capital for non-stop despacito. Every cobblestone is for sale after your pedido pilgrimage. Prepare for a Sankofa exit. A miracle of a million mañanas gathered in foolish foul bobito breath. Yet the entire diaspora wept in unison with graveyards overflowing, honoring muertos, sacrifices carrying these ghosts boldly. Quita cantante e todo poderoso, San Frankie Ruiz Cura, Mark Anthony Preciosa, nota on constant loop. Hasta la muerte, but won't ever fade. Release these chains for liberation. The winds of life might knock down the trees. We will remember our smiles, raise these flags, recover our roots, and forever stay free. Yeah. Gracias.
You just heard the voice of Anthony Morales and before that, C. Thomas and Evelyn Mahill at the Poetry for Puerto Rico event held in Washington, D.C. This is On the Ground, onthegroundshow.org, Voices of Resistance from the nation's capital. I'm Esther Iverum. Now back to more poetry for Puerto Rico, starting with Noel Quinones and Nicole Capo Martinez. What's up, familia? How you doing? How you feeling? I mean, we've had shows in California to Chicago to Louisiana, Mississippi, here right now in Newark, and it just keeps building and it just keeps growing. And I want you all to ask yourself this question. What am I good at? What do I care about? What am I passionate about? And how can I use that to help La Isla? And so I want to ask you, what is your talent, what is your skill, what is your passion, and how can you use that to help La Isla? We need lawyers and teachers and artists and every single kind of background for what's going on because they are hitting us on every single conceivable level. And Poets for Puerto Rico is a great testament to the fact that all you gotta do is get your network together and raise money and send it to the people who are doing that good work. So thank you all for that. So I learned community organizing from my mother and so this is a, a poem for my mom that I wrote this morning. <laughs> Here we go. My mommy got a yell labeled for emergencies only. A screech that makes the fire escapes rattle and the exit signs caution their names. When I tell you my mommy can find any lost family member with just her voice and a few blessings, I mean she is Boricua. Learned call and response from the Cokis who migrated to Harlem. Everything about her as una mezcla. My mommy was guardian angel before Blanquitos forgot their throats were the first technology. Was Boost Mobile before the kids on the block ever fumbled after the chirp in their pocket. Mommy upgraded Abuela's windowsill yell to an all-out paranda. Porque we never stopped migrating every year. She dresses her second graders in pavas and hibaro songs and spreads the good word of La Isla until her throat is as hollow as the Guido's belly. I have never known any other kind of sound but the one that strips itself bare to remember where it came from. But the crazy thing about a yell like that is you can only hear it if you understand all the times it had to be sacrificed for silence. You see, my mommy had to learn quiet. Like the forest in the North Bronx, everyone forgets about no one likes a loud thing with roots in their backyard. If I only spoke about her bellow, I'd be a liar. Or a son who forgot that he comes from all her faults. My mommy don't say shit in front of oppression. Got white women embarrassing her into laughter, a plastic smile hiding the gun ready in her mouth like the time. A white man told me all the Bronx's sins, like I ain't got the scabs growing over my parents' survival or when everyone or anyone questions my mommy's intelligence by the tempo. Her words escape her mouth. The truth is, we got the same sad labor in our tongues. A jumble of hatred for the words we couldn't think of fast enough. This inheritance of feathers floating in the back of our mouths. If we even catch one, it is a great day. A good day is when we call each other. Hours, days, 
weeks later and say, I should have said, I knew I could have. I always forget to. The eloquence of hindsight ain't never lost on us. We just take our time with comebacks. Bounce them off the mirror with a Willie Classen kind of two-step. Curse out the paint on the walls like we got Basquiat's hands. I'm saying this all in the wrist. Mommy got a calendar book for every year of her life since college. Writes down every part of her day like it is a blessing, but her words never seem to catch up. Every time someone disrespects me, I write about it. But not after I hate myself long enough to ask why I can't remember my screech unless it's played back as a memory. Mommy got a yell labored for emergencies only. But we forget that sometimes we are the emergency. This imperfect mescla of breath and sigh. Of call and no response on the days we don't love ourselves enough to stand up for ourselves. But last week... Mommy told me she cursed out a woman for talking to her like she didn't go to college. And I said, it is a great day. And we laughed the way we were meant to. Her smile, the most Boricua sound I've ever heard. Buenas noches, gente. Um, on behalf of Duanda District, I just want to say thank you so much to Tatiana for including us and to Sammy for this amazing space. It, this is amazing to see so many people come out for us, so it's very touching. So I wrote a collection of meditations and poems on growing up in Puerto Rico, on being a member of the diaspora, especially during the hurricane. Um, so I'm going to read three pieces from this book. Una memoria que me visita. Wind and rain and thunder and lightning, raging outside a house, a place of shelter, a family living in candlelight. Glass doors that rattle and creak and el viejo who holds on to them to keep them from flying away. The screaming of women yelling, papi, no. And then quiet, el ojo de la tormenta. There are so many places of darkness inside my head. So many stories I've written out of existence. A visit for the old man's funeral, dressed in white and lilies in hand. A grieving viuda whose only words were, lo que quieras para él. A different visit to see the old woman draped in sterile hospital cloths and breathing through tubes. A woman so large in life, now so small in that tiny bed. A voice so fragile it couldn't even whisper, te amo. They visit me in my dreams, these old men and women. They wrap me in their arms, and in the morning I feel to wake the sea, pushing its way out of me. The real anger comes later, when the waif in the yoga studio presses down on your belly, reminding you not to let your lower back rise off the floor, and you, red-faced, stare at her, flat as a board, while your nalgas make such movement impossible. The real anger comes when it finally hits you, after years of listening to your abuelo tell the story of how his father fought all those wars that weren't his, how one day he didn't come back home. How years later, Abuelo still cries because he never knew his father. The real anger is there, under your skin, 
when you read about the women who were tricked into testing, tricked into sterilization, and you remember the story of how your abuela was cut open after her third child, and you wonder if it was her or them that did it. Still the sea calls to me. I see her in my dreams, waiting to rock me back to sleep in her arms. A piece of me lives with her always, a hole in my heart, a mystery forever inside of me. The eternal longing for something that can't be named, worse in winter, when the snow comes and the trees lose their colors and the birds go silent. For a moment in the spring, I can feel it bloom inside of me, only to be gone again with the dry heat of summer and pools surrounded by miles of concrete, no ocean in sight. Homesickness for a feeling even more than a place, for the touch of moisture on my skin, for the breeze that tastes like salt, for the color green, bright and brilliant and bewitching year round. For the stillness that comes at night, swathed in warm air, surrounded by stars. For the hum of the world after the sun disappears, a sound you can only hear when all else goes quiet. I used to sit with that song, let it fill my insides until I thought I might die from melancholia. Now I fear I may die without it. The sea calls to me. The sea calls to me, and one day, I will come back to her. That's about right. All right, so... Samuel! So, I want to start by saying I collect things, right? So two of the things I've collected, I've just made into pendants. One is a coin from the Isla de Puerto Rico from the 1800s during our Spanish colonization. I keep it here to remind me we still are colonized. The second is a New York City subway coin and a flag to remind me that we migrate and we migrate because we have to. And when we go, we take home with us. So. I'm gonna read a couple of poems. I'm gonna ask these brothers right here to join me because I love them. Yeah. And they're great musicians, <laughs> you know? This is Tamor Saidi on guitar. <laughs> and Bebe Gonzalez on bass. Yeah. The first piece I'm gonna read is called Por Que Te Vas, which translates into Why Are You Leaving? It's the question my grandfather asked my father when he left the island of Puerto Rico. And it's a question that a lot of people are asking each other at this point también, right? So, let's start with that. In a small house, made of cement, the cane cutter's children became men and women who departed. And when asked, Por qué te vas? Avoided the eyes. 
They packed the small suitcase that poverty supplied the contents for. Suited up in their best, they boarded a Pan Am flight, waking in Los Nueva Yores. To the song of sewing and the hum of machines that made their dance faster than the one farms and cane fields taught them. They sent their images back to those who stayed standing behind pedestals that declared, Te quiero. Or on rooftops, cityscapes behind them that said, I am more. But did not acknowledge how little they had. Upon receipt, the cane cutter would sit on his porch, open the airmail envelope, and wish them back wanting children he could touch rather than the images that reminded him of empty rooms. In time, empty rooms became an empty house that did not mourn absence, but crumbled under the weight of vacancy. So, second and last piece I'm going to read is actually two sections of a longer poem. I read this pretty frequently because it speaks about having to leave and what that carries with it, right? And it's written in a form called a guzzle. If you don't know what it is, look it up. We have the internet. Okay. But for now, just enjoy the rhythm of it and see what happens. Mm. feet in strips of burial cloths so I can remember why I travel. I watched others leave until their bodies became a distance to travel. I pound my chest, driving away the demons of silence brought by departure. Each slap marking the temple that my feet will keep as I travel. My feet are wrapped tightly, but I did not slide them into shoes. I want the souls to feel the road to blister, to be cut by the miles I travel. I do not want to leave. This is not a road I have chosen to follow. This is an exile demanded by guns and bombs and hurricane, so I must travel. There is no need for you to describe loss. I revisit the image daily. It has helped me map the road that will pull the breath from me as I travel. This road is not a place to return from not a place to believe in. I have left belief behind with the carcass of the home that bid me travel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Your eyes are open wide. 
They stare at a sky full of stars. Are the constellations a single entity or a multitude of stars? The heavens seem to tremble if you stare long enough. Do your eyes see the couples dancing in the brightness of the stars? Do Orion and Casapia listen to boleros filling the space between them? Do they grab hold when no one is watching and dance? Or are they just stars? Is this a magic trick? An illusion that plays with your position in relation to the night sky? Making you see more than just stars? Does the sight of the North Star fill you with fear, make you think departure will be necessary? Make you close your eyes to banish the stars? Or do you welcome the beauty of an open ocean and the sky made brighter by the presence of constellations telling the story of the stars? Is this your story? One where darkness is filled only with the light of small dots spread over the miles you must travel a road of stars and the poet and artist sammy miranda will have the last word on today's show he and other writers were featured on the poetry for puerto rico fundraiser held september 22nd 2018 at the American Poetry Museum located in Northeast DC. This is On the Ground, onthegroundshow.org, Voices of Resistance from the nation's capital on Pacifica Radio. You can contact us, support us, partner with us, and listen to all of our current and past shows on our website, onthegroundshow.org. We're on Facebook and Twitter under On The Ground Show, and we are on iTunes and on Google Play under WPFW On The Ground. And you can subscribe to On The Ground on Patreon. I'm Esther Averam. We'll be back with our regular news programming later this month. In the meantime, keep raising your voice. Peace. Thank you.